God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Going back to school, October 13th. Okay, I can't dude, wait. I know. Aren't you excited? I just didn't realize how badly I needed this to not be my life now. Yeah. Until they were like, hey, you have the option to come back. Are you willing to do that? Or like, yeah. And then you realize, I mean, I almost cried. I almost cried. Dude, I'm telling you, man, it's been a month since Scarlett's been back in Montessori. And before that, I was like, I don't know if I can do it. Once you have that week, once you once you have that Monday through Friday, and you're like, oh, yeah, I can do this now. I can do it again. Well, I was willing to go the long haul all the way to next May to do what I had to do for my family. But it's like, it's like when you have to pee really bad, you're, you'll hold it because you have to. And then the second you get near a toilet, you're like, I don't think I could have held it another second. You don't realize how what a tight spot you were in until you're out of it. Dude, when's the last time, not while you were sleeping, you peed your pants? I mean, I would have been a kid, a young kid. Yeah, I don't think I've done it since I was a kid. Now I've peed myself while sleeping as an adult, mainly in college, though. Uh, on account of booze? On account of body won't wake up to go <laughs> pee. And so the body won't wake up, so the mind creates a scenario where the body is up and the body is at a latrine and it's peeing. Yeah, I've I've been in bus situations with people who are peeing in the bunk alley because they were dreaming that they were at a urinal. I was actually, I, I won't say who it is unless you want me to. There was someone we were on tour with one time. It was a crew person who was in the bunk above me who puked up there. <laughs> And it slid down the old wall. Dude, I woke up. I woke up one morning, and her tour manager was laying face down in the alley in the in the in the front cabin, in what appeared to be pee, but it could have been some other liquid. But he was definitely laying in a lot of liquid with all of his clothes on, face down on the floor, unconscious. At about six in the morning, which is the first rays of the sun beaming down upon him. And yeah, that's, you know, that's the kind of stuff you, you see on tour. Dude, let's, let's just stick with tour bus stories. So I went on the road with uh, the guys from Bowling for Soup in England. We've talked about this before, by Have the way. Have we already talked to, have we already told the story about the, the girl passing out yeah. in the bathroom? Yeah. Uh, this girl passes. Well, let's just tell it again, just in case somebody hasn't listened to every single episode. Of let's do the quick okay. version. The quick version is at some point we're in, we're in Scotland and, and somebody tells me, Oh, there's a girl. She's unconscious in the bathroom and it's locked. So we have to break the bathroom door down. This is our first night. So now, by the way, now we have a broken bathroom door for the entire tour, which is fine. Bunch of guys on the bus. Break, break, breaks the door down, gets this unconscious, strange Glasgonian woman, who's probably about 20, off the bus. And as soon as she gets off the bus, she regains consciousness and cold cocks the uh, tour manager, just punches him right in the face with her bare fist and then runs into the night barefoot, never, never to be seen again. Are you sure it wasn't the... The Yeti. 
could it have I been mean, Locky? Here's what it did make me realize. Scotland's no bullshit. Well, I think I told you about the time I was touring in Scotland and just trying to belly up to the bar. We'd played some venue and we were all, me and the band, not the artist, but we were, you know, enjoying Scotland and uh, yeah. looking to get real drunk. And uh, it got, it got, it felt very dangerous really quick. They, they were, the people <laughs> at this bar we were at were looking for trouble, man. And we weren't out, we weren't cut out for trouble, dude. You know, we're listening to fucking Elliot Smith and the Sprinter on the way there. We're not cut out for trouble. T-R-O-U-B-L-E, dude. Dude, that whole Bowling for Soup tour, we just went from like the British equivalent of like Cleveland to Cincinnati to Baltimore to Detroit. Yeah. Like we just to Pittsburgh. Like we just went to all the blue collar towns and every night getting off the like they'd go, hey, we're going to go get we're going to go get some crepes. And I'd be like, yeah, that sounds good. You know what doesn't sound good? Getting my ass handed to me because there's just thugs everywhere just ready to fucking throw down. And I'm like, ah. it was just this weird. They're all like, you know, real shaved, not skinheads, but like real tight cuts, like British bros, bros or something. The tour that I did of the UK was like that. It was like, you know, Manchester, Birmingham, Birmingham was rough. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of like, yeah, like the the more rural. I mean, we did London, but that was like, that was it. That was, that was the only city show it felt like. Yeah. we uh, Same with me. Like I was like, oh, England's going to be great. It's going to be like the Downton Abbey or the BBC or something. And it was just like the dumbest. It was like dumber America. I don't know. But with a British accent. I don't know. It's pretty equivalent. People were fatter and stupider and everything was less convenient. And I was like, guess what the number one fast food joint is in England? What? I'll tell you. Subway. Subway? So every, Yeah. Everywhere you look, there's a subway and there's fat people. And then <laughs> you, you're I like- I think you're describing Alabama, dude. I think you- Dude, England, except for London, is basically- Alabama with an accent. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, it's crazy. The cities I'm thinking about in the States when we're talking about just rough shit. One of them I was on tour with you. So I'll start there. It was we were playing the Saint in uh, in Jersey. And <laughs> dude, every every like every five feet away from the Saint was more and more dangerous until you were basically in a Martin Scorsese movie. So here's here's what it here's what the day is like for a band member. Crew members, it's a little different. They they have other obligations. They got to help get the bus parked, get the drivers to a hotel. They got to get gear settled and get, talk to promoters. We don't really have to do anything until sound check. So sometimes we would have lunch together. Sometimes we have breakfast together. Sometimes we do our own thing. That day, we were all kind of lone wolfing it. And I got up. Fucking sun was shining. I probably had a lot to drink the night before. No one was around. I'm like, oh, it's laundry day. Well, you know, here we are. We're near the Stone Pony. I was like, Stone Pony's a famous club, Bruce Springsteen, etc. Bon Jovi. And I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna hop out, do some. La- I'm gonna f- just find a laundromat. I was just gonna walk around. And it was one of the only times where I got off the bus and looked left and looked right, and then got right back on the bus and did not <laughs> leave the bus because it was we were parked literally right in front of the venue. You could walk right from the bus door and onto the stage. And I didn't leave that part of town. 
until I never left that. I never left the bus area, just the show. No shower. Dude, the worst one ever I remember was we were, we were staying at some hotel. We weren't, we we had a day room. So when you're on a bus, lots of times you're traveling at night and then during the day you have a day room. So whenever you get to wherever you're going, you park in front of the hotel and then whoever wants to go use the day room can go shower. There's one room for the whole band and then one room for the driver so he can sleep. So we were parked in front of this, what at one point, probably in the 50s or 60s or maybe even the 70s, was this beautiful, huge, giant hotel in downtown Detroit. A beautiful place. Now it's like beyond Thunderdome. (laughs) And now, I mean, who knows what it's like now? This was probably 15 years ago. Detroit, I think, is actually starting to come back. But at this point, it had not come back. And it was just, downtown was just like an abandoned war zone. Like you just looked at it like, oh, there's been a war here. And now it's dangerous to be here. We were parked in this place. At one point, a guy actually started beating on the door of the bus, yelling for us to move the bus. Because this is where he sold crack and we were fucking with his business. Oh, that's nice. Did we open up the door for that guy? (laughs) No, we waited until the knocking stopped and eventually he moved to another hot spot to sell his crack. Now the bus, like I said, was parked right in front of this place, but man, you still had to walk about 10 feet till you got to the steps. It had this like giant, you know, entrance with all these steps. It was a grand hotel. So I'm like, I can make it 10 feet. So I make it to the 10 feet, get inside the hotel. I'm like, okay, I'm inside the hotel. I'm safe now, right? Dude, this was during the middle of the day during school. I get on the elevator and on the elevator are four young lads between the ages of about eight and 10 or maybe seven and 10. But they're supposed to be in school and they're not in school. They're living at that hotel. They're living in this hotel, obviously. And they're looking at me like fresh meat. Yeah. Dude, I was scared. And they were tiny, these kids. Did you see the movie, This Is The End, the Seth Rogen movie? Yeah. It's pretty funny. It's about the end of the world. They all play themselves, so they're like rich actors trying to deal with the end of the world. They're soft as shit. They're scared. One of the funniest things about that movie that I think is actually resonates with me is, is some a deep truth about life is it's only been like three days, right? Since the world kind of changed in the movie. Right. And they run into Danny McBride. And Danny McBride, and he's Danny McBride in the movie as himself, the actor. Yeah, everybody plays himself. He's full on cannibal, king of the hill. He's got a little gimp pet. And he's a cannibal and he's just straight up. It's just reverted within three days all the way back to cave times. Right. And he's like, this is the new shit. Your bones are my currency, baby. And it seemed like a really wild part of the film, but I'm like, that's true. That is what would happen. The, the civiliz- civilization, as we know it, is just a very thin veneer that we all happen to agree on at the same time. Right. And if anything, and it's something economic will disrupt that. And when that happens, look out for Danny McBride and look out for me and you and look out for anyone. Look out, for, look out for Jason Momoa is who you need to look out you know, for. You know who's going to do just fine? The Rock. Who likes to party all night long? <laughs> Jay Thomas? 
Jay Thomas. He's going to be having a good time. <laughs> It'll be just like, yeah, he'll be doing just fine. I, I've actually, I mean, we won't go into too much detail here, but I've had conversations with him where he essentially longs for what we're talking about. He, he, it would be heaven for him. Yeah. He's, he's built for that kind of world. I'm not <laughs> built for that kind of world at all. Jay, I can see Jay Bear. He's on like a throne of garbage. He's in like a landfill where he made it, where his kingdom is. He's covered in dirt and his women running loose everywhere. And he's just picking drunk. up. Picking, he's, he's definitely Oh, drunk. yeah. He's drinking Coors fucking. He's drinking a fucking silver bullet 24-7. And <laughs> he's picking like meat out of his teeth with a fucking bone because he yeah. just ate you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, Jay. Uh, did you get my shit set up for the gig? <laughs> How'd the <laughs> gig like, sound tonight? Hey, we got we got a new situation, Bob. Appreciate all the good times, but uh, here's this is the new deal. You're not gonna like it. <laughs> Sorry, I hate to inform you, but <laughs> things have changed and it's not good for you. There's a fairly important election coming up, so people think that it might might get a little weird depending on what happens with that on either side. And you know, we've had some conversations about maybe that week we. Uh, Buy a lot of food, and maybe we just hang out inside for a little bit, just see what happens out there. What do you do? You you can lock down in B Cave pretty well. I mean, we're all spread out out here. Everybody's gunned up out here, and uh, I don't know, man. People are real comfortable right now, and everybody's agitated and bent out of shape and stuff. But I don't know, man. The thing I think that people forget is that we've just been in chaos the entire time humans have been around this is the safest most like chill time in the entire history of the world is right now but we just have all this social media and we have this sort of culture of fear that we're living in and uh it's it's not good for our mental well-being to tune into it because <clears throat> i mean look outside your window I'll look out my out my window. There's not much going on. Now there are a few places where stuff's going on, but that's not most of the place. That's not that's a tiny little pinpricks of the world, but that's what's being reported. So well, we're speaking. I mean, yeah, but we're looking out a window into a a privileged, affluent neighborhood that we. But even live if you're in. not, even if you're not looking into, even if you're looking into the worst neighborhood, the poorest neighborhoods in the country. There's not much going on there, except, well, uh, yeah. I mean, there, there, there's a little going on, but, and there's some, there, you know, obviously people are upset and there's some protests and, and riots and stuff going on. But again, it's, I agree with you. I think, the, I think a lot of that's blown out of proportion to exploit people in fear, but for sure. what, I, what I'm, and there's a great book, by the way, that I'll, I'll point our listeners to, if you haven't read it yet, Bob, either it's by Stephen Pinker called the better angels of our nature. And it's all about how this is the safest time in the history of humanity that right now is right. like the safest time ever. Sure. But I think what I'm actually talking about is the potential for danger. I'm not saying it's dangerous right now. Right. I think that we're, I think a lot of things that move into place that could create a dangerous situation are happening. There's a, there's unemployment's through the roof. People can't pay their bills. There's a lot of racial unrest. There's a lot of distrust in authority and government a really divisive presidential election, you know, a global pandemic. There's just a, a lot of unique external pressures on people right now. Sure. And I think people are going to be upset no matter what happens. You know, if Trump gets reelected, 
fairly and squarely, there's going to be people that are really upset about that. If he claims that he wins the night before they count in mail-in ballots, people are going to be upset. People are going to be upset no matter what happens, you know? And that feels, that feels unusual. Do you remember a time when, in a previous election where it felt this strange? No. This feels unique, right? Yes, for sure. And we don't have to talk about that too much, but it's worth, it's something I was thinking about today. Yeah. I mean, this is different and anything that's different for me is, is scary because I don't know. It's an unknown and I like things to be known. That's why I like to do the same things. I like to order the same food when I go to a restaurant. I like to have the same routine. Uh, anything out of that makes me nervous. And so, yeah, we're, we're, we're dealing with stuff right now that's new. But at the end of the day, if you compare it to stuff that's gone on throughout history, it's not bad. Compared to like almost any other time before 19, say, 75. You know I'll how, take this I'll yeah. take this over any any of the stuff that happened before 1975. My my assessment of the history of humanity is that it's been a fucking brutal slog and it, it, you know if you were playing the game with me like we'll plop you down in any time in any place where would you like to go what year? I'm like I don't I don't want to go anywhere in this fucking world. You could plop me down in England in fucking 1762 and next thing you know I'm in a guillotine and there's a I'm in a fucking iron maiden and an evil king's chopping my dick off. Where would you go if I know exactly where I would go? To any time in any place? You could go anywhere. Okay, I have an answer. It's not it's not going to be that. Well, I've just already thought about this. Uh, but here's the other caveat. I can be 25 years old. So let's put that on there. Not me now in this <laughs> horrible body in this horrible shell. <laughs> That's been ground down by the cosmos. 25, okay? I want to go to Southern California in the early 70s and kick it and just do drugs with David Crosby and be in Laurel Canyon. That's one of them. The other is 20s Paris kicking it with a fucking Hemingway. Those are my two that I've fantasized about. Your turn. I'm going to go kill Hitler. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go kill Hitler when he's a baby. Really? Is that for real? Yeah. That's not a yeah. good answer. I'm going to do it. That's not a good answer. And while I'm at it, I might go try to find Stalin. Like I'm going to Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to become I'm going to boo. I'm going to become this early 20th century serial child murderer. You're going to go to jail. Maybe that's what John, maybe that's what John Wayne Gacy is. Maybe he's a time traveler and he came back and he killed all these kids mostly boys he the problem with this story is that that's the problem whoops a daisy well maybe he wanted to make it look you know better you know if he was just coming back and killing future future uh monsters so let me get this straight you're gonna go back in time i'm not fucking any of these you're gonna molest hitler (laughs) i'm not gonna gonna molest anybody i'm just gonna kill him and then yeah just leave a trail of dead like uh Pol Pot, Hitler, Stalin. You know why I don't like that answer? Obviously, if I could somehow undo what all those dudes did, this is the greatest crimes, I would undo them in a heartbeat. But the answer doesn't reveal anything about you. It's 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 philosophically got a lot of problems. You can't kill a baby. Okay, if I can't kill anybody, 
then you're just gonna I'm, go and have a good time somewhere or learn something dude i have a great t- i love my life i have a great time i'm not talking about it as a way to escape your life it's just a thought experiment the answer reveals something about you okay so if i can't kill anybody you can't so kill the, or rape or right. rape why, why do you keep saying because i know rape? that's what you're thinking no i'm not i don't want to rape anybody good god well, Jesus the, Christ, who okay. do you think I am? I'm sorry, you're just a guy that wants to kill a baby. Okay. Yeah. I do. I want to go kill a bunch of babies. Who do you want to go have a good time with? Okay. I just got a call from the Time Travel Bureau. They're saying I can't kill anybody because it might fuck up the flow of time and then there might not be a Time Travel Bureau. So all I can do is go hang. Uh, so if that's all I can do, then I'm definitely going back and I'm going to go... I think I'm going to go see if Jesus is real. Oh my I gosh. Don't, I don't now think Jesus. I don't, I, I, I'm just curious. I just want to go f- find out if Jesus was, you know, was real and what he was all about. I think it'd be interesting. The, you know, the, this is the equivalent of me asking you if you had one wish, would it be? I know, world, saying, world, world peace. peace. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Well, the thing is about, you know, world peace is like, if you could actually create world peace, then that would be the number one answer. It doesn't reveal Look, anything about it's, you. I know, but it's like saying, oh, who's the greatest rock group of all time? Oh, the Beatles. Oh, the Beatles. What a f- stupid answer. It's the, it's the fucking King Crimson. But I always say the Beatles don't count. You got to move on from that because the Beatles don't count because that's the answer. Well, that's, like, that's like world peace. Of course you would do world peace. Of course you'd kill Hitler. It, yeah, it does count. So <laughs> yeah, I would like, yeah. I'm trying to think like, who would I want to hang out with? Who would I want to see in person? Yeah, I could, it, it would be Jesus if, you know, if he existed. And there's also, like, at that time, there's, you know, some other dudes that are hanging out at that time, supposedly. So I would see if any of the other guys were around. Like who? Pa- Pontius Pilate? Matthew, well, Mark, and- Luke, John? Yeah, maybe. There's I mean there's other religions too, dude. I don't want to I don't want to mention anybody so I don't I don't want to have a jihad fucking come down on my ass. <laughs> Just by mentioning I don't even know what you can say or mention anymore. <laughs> dude, I'm always amazed by like dudes <sighs> like uh the Daily Show and stuff like that who like or or John Oliver or whatever who are just like slamming these like crazy ass dictators and ruthless dudes who have people killed all the time. I'm like, how do they do that? And then just walk around during the day, like slamming like Putin or yeah, uh, the North Korean leader and stuff. And like, well, got that joke in. I, I my guess for someone like John Oliver or or Bill Maher is they they can hide behind the fact that it's comedy, or John Oliver can say it's sort of faux journalism. I don't know. I don't know what they do. I'd be pretty scared. I know that Sam Harris, who's a guy I respect a lot. He wrote a book highly critical of Islam in 2004 called The End of Faith. Kind of started the whole new atheist thing. And ever since then, he has to travel with uh, like security detail because of all the death threats he's been getting for like almost 20 years now. Yeah. Like when Salman Rushdie wrote that book and then... The Satanic Verses. Oh, my God. How about Salman Rushdie being arguably one of the ugliest men in the world? And then he's just dating the hottest women in the oh, world. Oh, I didn't know that. Is he having a good time? Just look up Salman Rushdie's girlfriends. They're all hot. And he's looks like a fish. 
<laughs> well, his name is Salmon. He looks like a human fish. Oh, yeah. He's having a good time. Wow. Wow. Dating a 28-year-old. Yeah. But it's his entire life. He's just been dating like super hot chicks. Well, I think I think that's cool. <sighs> is it though? He's super funny. He's super smart. You know, he, there's got to be something sexy about him. Dude, I got lost in a Rolling Stone video loophole. So I was what? So I was trying to tell you about the shreds video. Remember those things were so hot like a few years ago? Oh, yeah. Maybe a few, probably 15 years ago. But yeah, I remember. So whenever it was. Anyways, all those got taken down. Oh. The guy who did them. Like his YouTube just got removed, like scrubbed. Like he was, he was doing it, and everybody was loving it. Everybody was loving it, and then somebody wasn't loving it. Oh yeah, like somebody saw it. Like you know, you don't know who it was. Was it Metallica? Was it David Lee Roth? Was it, it was somebody saw it and was like, I don't like, and it's not funny. Let's take it down, and they took it all down. So now he's got new. Now he's got a new channel called Saint Stuber or something. I don't know what it is, and. uh like literally he's got like 8,000 views or 10,000 views. Like I, I'm the old ones would have had hundreds of millions of views. Those things were so funny. What did we even watch those on? Was that like E-bombs world or something? What did no, we it watch? On, it was on, it was on YouTube. It was like the beginning of YouTube. Yeah. I guess that you're right. That'd been 2007, 2008. Dude, I was, I loved him. And then I kind of forgot about him. And then today when I was trying to find him, I was like, I couldn't find him. If you look up shred, videos on youtube you just get like tutorials about how to shred on guitar I, but i was trying to find it anyways i finally found it he's got a new youtube channel and i wound up watching a bunch of it it's really funny but then i started just watching old rolling stones clips from like the 70s holy shit dude those motherfuckers are insane oh yeah they're truly, and I think Mick Jagger's truly insane. Well, especially then. I mean, late sixties, early seventies, man. Those guys had so much swagger. They were just like, didn't? I mean, they were just making it up. Like the Beatles, there's some. Like the Beatles were like had some authentic thing about them, whereas the Rolling Stones were just like. We don't know what we're doing. Let's just copy everything we can. And just like they were just throwing it all into a blender and just churning out just copies of everything around them. I'm sure the Beatles were doing the same, but the but they made it look cleaner or more distilled. And the fucking Rolling Stone shit was just straight like forgeries of everything. I, I, I mean, this is controversial for sure, but I completely agree. I, I don't think the Stones were that talented. They're great they definitely weren't great performers, but Mick Jagger's not a good singer, and they did were not good songwriters. Dude, he was just putting on that faux Southern accent on everything. You can't always get what you want. Like, what the fuck, dude? What are you? Are you British? Are you South African? What the fuck are you? I think the whole Stones Beatles thing is complete. It's only good for the Stones because they get to be compared to the Beatles forever. It's like, no, dude, yeah. if you've actually investigated that era and that material as you and I have, I for sure have. The Stones are a great, powerful, sexy rock and roll blues band. That's it. The end. The Beatles in 10 years invented, invented music, the music we love. Well, even if they didn't invent it, I'm sure they were being influenced by everything as well. 
but they were so talented. Like Paul McCartney Genius. and John Lennon were so talented musically that they took what they were listening to and distilled it into this thing that you're right. They rewrote the what is possible in popular rock and roll music, whereas the Stones just did not do the that. Stones are all derivative. They're just a blues-based, sexy, and I, I reiterate, extremely powerful rock band. But like every, right, every time the Beatles would do something, the Rolling Stones' next record would just be a weird knockoff of it. Yeah, His Satanic Majesties is just a total knockoff of Sgt. Pepper. You know, let it be, let it bleed. All you need is love. That's all you need is love. Give me a fucking break. I know, dude. It's lame. But people fucking ate it up. Well, let's get Here's what the Rolling Stones had. They had two they had two things. They had a great logo. <laughs> the Those tongue? fucking that lips logo was amazing. The tongue thing, yeah. They had a great name. The Rolling Stones is Killer. a great name. And they did, I mean, they did you know, the, their top 20 songs are, you know, like some of the greatest rock and roll songs of all time. Even if they were derivative, they were still great songs. Yeah, they're 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 fine. I mean, but they put out so much shit, dude. They put out so much shit, dude. They put out like sixty albums. I think what did the Beatles put out like ten? Yeah. Well, I got my dad coming in here now. <laughs> well, we got to wrap this episode up anyway. As Bob Senior comes in, uh, listen, this was a fun, chill episode. You can uh, leave us a positive review on iTunes. You can support us on the old Patreon. And you can write in bobandclean at gmail.com. We sure do love hearing from all you beautiful babies. There's Bob, there's Bob Sr. over there. And we will see you all in the flip-flop next week. Peace. 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 <laughs>